Tired of toxic, boring, or dead-end relationships? Feeling lonely or clueless when it comes to love? Need a fresh perspective? Well, you found it. This is Romancipation, a podcast that challenges conventional ideas about sex, love, dating, and mating. Hosts Marley and Lise offer candid and provocative advice about what it takes to find the partner you deserve. It's time to rethink your approach to your love life. Take charge and get romancipated. Today, on this episode, we're going to discuss advocate for yourself because no one else will. That's a good topic. It is a good topic. That's why we're talking about it. Okay, so super duper important to be able to advocate for yourself. Why? Easy. You are the one who has to watch out for your own self-interests. Again, this concept that we keep talking about self-preservation. No one else is going to look out for you better than you will for yourself, Lise. You have to trust me on this. You need to advocate for yourself. Males tend to be taught early on how to advocate for what they want, while females, any natural instinct that they have, it tends to be like quieted or crushed because it's... People pleaser right here. Exactly, because it's seen as like rude or inappropriate or, you know, unladylike. Forget it. Throw that out the door. Erase it. All of our listeners, forget this. You must advocate for yourself. The moment you depend on another person to put your self-interests first, you will lose. It will not happen. People will always put their own interests first. And even in a relationship, even if the person loves you, they will still put their own interests first most of the time. So it is so important for you to advocate. I can't stress that enough. If you can advocate for yourself, you know what you need or what you want from a partner. If you can advocate for yourself, you can say, I need this. I need you to communicate with me. I need you to acknowledge my cooking skills. I need you to actually go down on me because, <laughs> you know, I need that. You like, need it. You've got to be able to advocate. It is crucial. And here's the deal. If you lack the skills for self-advocacy, you will never be able to properly advocate for another person, whether it's maybe your child, if you end up having a child, a parent who's ill, a friend, even your romantic partner. Maybe something happens. If you cannot advocate for yourself, trust me, you cannot advocate for another person. There's a lot of people who think, oh, no, listen, I'm great at making demands for like, you know, if I needed to take care of somebody else. I call bullshit. A person who's really good at advocating knows how to advocate for themselves. No, I think that's a really good point. And actually, advocacy is such a big topic. And that's why I said this was a good one at the beginning. Because I actually, because I'm a people pleaser, and I know this about myself, advocacy does not and has not always come easy to me. And it wasn't until later in life that I truly understood what it meant. And also I had been through so many, I mean, yes, relationships, but even jobs where I didn't feel I could advocate for myself without being a bitch. I take that very seriously. And now that I do have children and a husband, you made a great point. Like until I had children and until I was married and in the relationship that I'm in now, 
I was not good at advocating for myself and asking for the things that I wanted and what I needed in a relationship, which is why probably a lot of them failed because of me. Not all of it, but you look back on it and things weren't being met, but it wasn't always the other person's fault. They can't read minds. They didn't know what I was thinking, you know, I mean, unless they're really good, but like nobody knows what you're thinking. You hit on though a really, I think, important topic, and that is we are so often made to feel like we are a bitch or we are pushy or we are being inappropriate by advocating for ourselves, whether it's in a job, whether it's in a relationship, within the family, and we really do ourselves a big disservice. So again, I'm going to romancipate you, Lise, and I'm going to romancipate our listeners. You must advocate for yourself. And one of the reasons you must advocate for yourself is because that is how you set appropriate boundaries. That is how you make it clear to everybody around you what your standards are, what you're comfortable with, what behaviors you will accept. That is all about part of the advocacy that you are doing for yourself. Part of advocacy is not only setting those boundaries and communicating them. I had mentioned this earlier. It's really understanding what it is that you actually want. Yeah, no, and I think it gives you clarity. When you have to advocate for something, it lets you understand, okay, this is what's really important. This is what really matters to me. And that is what I want everybody to be able to do. Every day, people should practice advocating for themselves. Because like you said, it doesn't come naturally for a lot of people. Or if it did, that natural urge was kind of suppressed or repressed. You have to bring it back. You have to advocate for yourself. It can be in little ways. It can be in big ways. But you have to make sure that all of the people around you understand that you have needs, you have wants, you have desires, and that's okay. And you're allowed to express it. In the same way, they should be able to express what they want. They should be able to advocate for themselves as well. When two people in a relationship can advocate, not only on their own behalfs, but on the behalf of each other or as a couple, you become an incredibly powerful unit. Yeah, I'm sitting here like a bobblehead because I'm nodding and I'm like, yeah, okay, now I feel like sense. now I feel like I'm a psychologist, which I'm not. What I will say to you though is I am an attorney. It is one of the first things that you are taught in law school is the power of advocacy. And I think that it should be taught in all schools because it is such an important Wouldn't that life be so skill. great? You think about all the things that you've learned along the way, how useful those tools would have been for you. And listen, you are a great advocate for yourself. I've always felt that way about you. Thank you. And it is something that I admire. And I feel like those tools are so useful for our youth and as we grow up and just really learning not only for men, because obviously men, like you said, they learn it from an earlier age and just kind of own it, but for girls and women and like coming into jobs and relationships and really understanding how to know what you need. Yes. And also it's how to ask for it and how to not even ask for it, but like how to set your position and your boundary to say, this is kind of what I expect. This isn't negotiable. That's right. And I'm going to tell you, I have been punished in my past for advocating for myself. Absolutely. I've received a lot of pushback throughout my life in romantic relationships, in professional settings, in a lot of situations. But I have... One thing, maybe because I'm like a pushy bitch, I don't know, but I'm like, I stand my ground. 
Like I don't back down. And it has served me well because the times where I have known that what I was standing up for was myself, my needs, whether they be emotional, whether they be physical, whether they be financial, whatever it is, when I stood up for myself, even when I got that pushback, I felt great. And I knew in my heart and in my mind that I was doing the right thing. And I also have to tell you, when people did push back, I could smell the fear. Oh, yeah. I could smell it. Yep. I could tell that I had thrown them off their game. They didn't expect it. And the reason they became so sort of defensive or aggressive is because they knew they didn't have any strength in their position. And by learning to advocate for myself and holding my ground and knowing that I am being reasonable and that it's my right and it's my duty to myself, there have been many, many situations, particularly in the romantic realm, whether it's been with my husband, whether it's been with my children, not romantically, um, or, you know, or, or when I <laughs> yeah. was in other relationships where I absolutely needed to do it for my own mental health. Yep. I needed to. So the way I want to wrap this up with advocacy and the importance of it is this is yet another tool in your romancipation arsenal. Advocacy and romancipation, they go hand in hand. Your ability to actually take control of your romantic life, of your romantic relationships, of being able to assert your wants, your needs. That's where this tool of advocacy comes in. But read up on it. There's a lot of great resources online. Just read up about basically learning how to advocate for yourself, how to negotiate. These are really important life skills and they absolutely can save a relationship. Yeah. And I think they take practice. They do. They take practice. But again, self-preservation. It not only helps you, it can help your relationship. Absolutely. So look into it. It's venting time with Marley and Lise. It's that time when Lise and I get to vent our frustrations over commonly experienced issues in romantic relationships. Today's topic, when people waste time on long-distance relationships that were doomed to fail. Yeah, those those long-distance relationships. Uh, Yeah, okay, so I have very particular thoughts about this, but you know what? I would like to hear what you have to say first. All right, listen, I have to say I have been in long-distance relationships before, and while I feel like I might not be in the minority on this, I think that they're almost next to impossible to make work. But that being said, I'm going to vent on it a little bit. There is time and effort which must be sacrificed to make a long-distance relationship successful. And let's be honest, most people are too busy, unavailable, and selfish to provide that kind of time. Words are nothing without action. And I know we've talked about this before. Yes, yes, yes. But with distance between you, any and almost all action are next to impossible. Right? Because you can't show, right? It's all words. Great point. Yeah. Separation anxiety is a real thing, and anyone that has experienced that at some point in their life knows that trust issues can become more common when you're not near somebody and know what's really going on in their life. As time goes by, people's preferences change and evolve, and if you can't change together, you might as well stay separate. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay, this one, instead of being with friends and my family who are actually around you, you're spending all of your time in a virtual world 
trying to make your partner feel like you're together. And you're basically missing out on your entire life because you're putting on a mask to pretend that this is actually what happiness is. And you get lonely. Any relationship that makes you feel miserable, helpless, and eventually hopeless, which is a long-distance relationship, does not lead to a good or healthy relationship. Something shouldn't make you feel miserable or unhappy in a point in time of your life when you're supposed to be feeling amazing. I agree. And I think that there will definitely be people who do disagree with us. Of course. I think there'll be quite a few people. And listen, some people have probably made it work. Some people have very successful long distance relationships. not work. And again, just really part of romantication is you do you. Yeah. It's what works for you. I'm just speaking, and I think you are in generalities. I mean, and certainly from our own experiences. Yep. So mine touch on a lot of what you said. I said it happens often because people are afraid of being alone. It stops people from moving forward. Mm -hmm. It does not give either person what they need or want, usually in the relationship. One person is usually leading the other person on until they find something better in person in the new location they're at. Oh, yes. I think it wastes valuable time and energy for both people in the long-distance relationship. I think long-distance relationships rarely work out in the end because for a relationship to be successful, there needs to be physical, daily interaction. I think that it makes people very difficult to hang out with as friends when they're in a long-distance relationship because they're always on the phone. That's right. With their long-distance partner. Yes. And so I think it ends up being destructive to your in-person relationships, which you mentioned. Yep. I think you end up missing out on cool experiences because you're committed to an idea instead of a person. Yep. So you end up saying no to things that are actually happening in real time in front of you. In real life. In real life. People want to feel like they're involved in a relationship just for the label sometimes, when in fact it isn't a relationship. And I do think it's often a sign of a person that has difficulty ending a relationship that they know has no future. And instead of breaking up when they should, they kind of let it naturally fizzle out and because they just don't want the confrontation or the guilt of breaking up. And I think that that's not fair because the person that actually really wants the relationship to continue is being misled and giving a false sense of hope right. that this is actually going to work out in the long term. Yep. And if anything, break up with them, move, and guess what? They don't have to pine over you in the same way because you're physically not there right. to like hook up again. It is ripping the Band-Aid off quickly Yeah. versus that slow, painful, you know, when it's like, attached to all your little hairs and you're like, ow, 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 ow. (laughs) Lisa and I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and a recap of today's podcast or to learn more about us, visit www.romantipation.com. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive notifications of new episodes right when they're released. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on Apple or a five-star rating on Spotify. Reviews let Apple know that great listeners like you enjoy our show, and that helps us expand our audience. Thanks again, and stay romancipated.